Bruce Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. Hello there, hockey fans, and how are you today? It is Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. We are back with another brand new episode for you. This is season four, episode 22, an episode we're calling The Bossy, named after the boss, Mike Bossy. He was uh, the late, great Mike Bossy, a heck of a hockey player. Um, I mean, what can I'll, what can you say about him? We're going to try to say something about him, but it's co-host Tom here with you. Uh, I'm with, as always, uh, my good buddy co-host Randy looks like Randy is maybe just coming off the IR. Uh, Randy, what's the most serious hockey injury you've ever had? Oh man, I've had some bad ones actually, and it was almost uh, this would have been, I guess, like Bantam, Bantam Double A maybe. I I think mm-hmm. somewhere on there, <clears throat> but I was totally mid mid ice, like knee on knee. Ouchie. But <laughs> ouchie. ouchie. <laughs> he could tell I've been hanging out with a yeah. toddler. <laughs> but he he need me right in the quad. So it was like lit like oh. full speed Charlie horse, like a knee coming right at you. And mm-hmm. I was out for um at least a month. I remember I had to go to physio. There was like the the threat of bone spurs, oh, uh, which was pretty crazy. And yeah, it was it was insane. And mm. uh it just reminded me of Alf Samuelson and Cam Neely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you remember that uh, back in the nineties, but yeah, no, that was the yeah. worst one. And it was like terrible, but uh, yeah, luckily I guess you didn't have to have major knee surgery after that or anything. But, no, he uh, got like, he, he got me right in the quad. Right so the it was quad, like yeah. bruised and super just, bruised. Yeah. And uh, hmm. that was probably the worst one. No, uh, I guess I probably did have a concussion uh, because right. back back then it was kind of the wild west of hockey. We didn't so, know about them really. Yeah, really. I'm, yeah. I'm sure I would have had one or two. Um, mm. I think that's about it. How about you? Well, my worst injury ever probably was a broken arm. Um, Bantam, I think it was, you know, I was 15, 16 years old, something like that. Just uh, ended up taking an awkward hit along the boards and my arm just kind of bent the wrong way. and. Um, that was, and then that put me out for the rest of the season. So I missed the, like, that was, I missed several months there with that. And, um, and then, that, and then I came back, you know, and then I played like the next year. And then that was, I think my last year of hockey until I started as an adult again, if I remember correctly. But the reason that it sort of came up uh, to my top of my mind about the injuries was um, right now, the doctor says I need a backyotomy. Uh <laughs> I, is that where you get a whole how, new back or what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened, but I got a real like kink in the back right now. So uh, this past Thursday, we had a, a spring league game and, you know, not to talk myself up too much here, but I ended up with a couple of apples. One of which was like, you know, I, I had watched the Tampa game earlier in the night with the Kucherov no look backhand. It oh, was on yeah. my mind. 
I threw a no look backhand pass from the corner or close to the corner to the front of the net. And I had a teammate there tapped her in and, but I, unlike Kucherov, I kind of ended up going awkwardly into the boards. <laughs> and I think that sort of tweaked my back a little. And then I went swimming uh, the other day and did something while swimming. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so now it's kind of a little bit iffy, but, uh, you know, whatever. We'll, well I'll, I'll get back. Yeah. Speaking of back injuries, actually, it was a back injury that forced Mike Bossy uh yes to a, a short shortened career uh after yeah, only 10 right. seasons in the nhl similar to uh, bobby Orr, i guess but bobby Orr was his knee he only played 10 seasons or something like that as well but mike Bossy, and 10 uh, legendary legend excuse me legendary seasons um for both of them but yeah bossy like um 752 career games 1126 points like that's pretty unreal like and he had, I mean, his most unreal stat is nine consecutive 50-plus goal seasons. The only one that he didn't hit 50 was at age 30, his final season in the league. Uh, he played 63 games, got 38 goals, um, and then he retired after that. If but, he would have uh, played a full 80, he probably would have had 50. But probably would have, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. where the back injuries really set in. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, <clears throat> a guy that, like, he was um, – I wouldn't say he was before our time, but like kind of on the cusp, you know, like he played the majority of his career before I was kind of really into following hockey and stuff. He, he retired in 1987. Um, and that was really around 86, 87 was kind of when I really started getting remembering about hockey, you know, like, um so but i i know uh i can remember like a mike bossy opg card having that you know and and just knowing that he was like you know the man or whatever the boss if you will um yeah so he's um he, he's one of those guys he was named you know one of the top 100 greatest nhl players in history you know he went to the hall of fame in 1991 um he is um he was the first guy since Maurice Richard to do 50 and 50, which is kind of fun. Um, but I didn't realize that actually. I kind of thought maybe Gretzky would have, but uh, I think it, w- it was before Gretzky was actually in the league. Like it would have been 80, 78, 80, 78, 79 or something uh, that he did that. So let's just run down his, his goal totals here um, just because, right? So. He had uh, in, so his rookie year, 77, 78, 53 goals. Next year, 69 goals. That was his career high. Then he had 51, 68, 64, 60, 51, 58, 61. And then his final year, 38 uh, for a grand total of 573 goals in 752 games, which is an insane goal per game uh rate like i i think does anybody rival that like probably not like that much of of a, of a goal scoring ratio i would think not well maybe gretzky um but uh that those numbers are are you know you don't see such high numbers in such a concentrated uh, amount of seasons like that that's for sure yeah it's a 0.76 goals per game that's for wild. his entire yeah. career. 
there's guys who do that, you know, in a season, like, I don't know, Austin Matthews had 60 goals or whatever it was this year, didn't he? And no, he did he hit 60? I don't yeah, even he, remember. He, yeah, he had 60, over 60. So similar right. to Mike Bossy's last season, or second right. last season, 61 and 80. Yeah, so, so yeah, like one season of Matthews having that kind of goal ratio. Uh, and, <laughs> and Mike Bossy um, does it for nine straight. Basically. right yeah. <laughs> like it's that's wild so um but not yeah. to cut not to cut mike bossy's time short because uh obviously right. his season or his his career was short but uh his memory will go on forever that's for sure and mm -hmm. uh here's our, our 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 tribute to mike bossy but we got to move on because we got an interview to get to too that's right so we coming up here on the show we've got mike kabayashi uh He's a fantasy hockey guru. So we'll be talking to him about some tips and tricks coming up uh, shortly. But we also um, just, we got a letter in the mailbox, uh, Randy. And this is from listener Dan in Riverview. Uh, and Dan writes in that he uh, really enjoys the show. He's, let me just, let me just find the letter here. I got a, I got a stack of papers on my desk here. Um, so he says, he says, hey, guys, I've been listening to you in, uh, on the radio when I drive home on Mondays, and I'm not the biggest sports fan, but I'm really getting a kick out of the show. And, uh, you know, I think um, uh, he, he's, he's like, are you familiar with the song My Hockey Mom by Stompin' Tom Connors? Uh, not as well known as the hockey song, he says, but it's a far better written song in, in his opinion. And he gets a little choked up every time he hears it. And, you know, Dan probably knows a thing or two about a, a well-written song. He's the bass player, accordion player uh, in the local Winnipeg band, the Dust Rhinos, um, who play, you know, kind of a, a Celtic rock type of style of uh, folk music type of thing. I'm not great at describing it, but they, they're um, very well known around these parts. And so... I think what we're going to do, Randy, let's throw it to this Stomp and Tom song. All the folks out there, make sure you send in your letters. Uh, That's right. You know, with the proper postage uh, affixed to the envelope. <laughs> uh, get in your song requests. We'll play them. We're kind of struggling week to week for finding new tunes. We want some music rec recommendations. And, uh, and also just send us a message and Tom what should they be doing for our podcast right yeah like the well no don't like podcasts i mean you do but what you do is you go in you subscribe to them and then you review them you rate them and that really helps us get some traction we've been uh look i looked into the analytics recently which i've like never done we're doing all right randy but i think you know word of mouth uh and that kind of stuff really helps push the podcast and um so, you know, if you're listening on terrestrial radio here in Winnipeg, you can also grab the podcast, Apple, Spotify, et cetera. So, uh, or just head to the UMFM webpage and type in Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, and you'll find us there. So, uh, yeah, uh, do it. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll catch you on the other side of this song here. When I was young, I do recall we would go to school in the early fall but on the days when there was no school we'd learn to play by a different rule get out of that bed you sleepy head my hockey mum would say 
Grab your skates and don't be late, there's a hockey game today. And poor old dad was feeling bad because he couldn't come. He'd have to go to work and so I took my orders from my hockey mum. My hockey mum, she was my chum, my hockey mum. Then we drove to the rink in town And I'd hit that ice by falling down Then I'd score for the other team And you could hear my mom stand up and scream Get off of that ice, I told you twice to skate the other way And every year she bent my ear until I learned to play and when my stick got pretty quick and the puck to me would come Each time I scored I knew for sure where the loudest cheer was from My hockey mum, my hockey mum My day will come, my hockey mum Then one day a stranger came from far away and he took my name And very soon For the NHL I came to play And mum came to yell Get on that puck and stir things up Show some winning pride And every time she said that line I'd bang that puck inside And here's my dad all Mr. Glad He knew this night would come We're all lined up for the Stanley Cup And the tears are rolling from my hockey mum, my hockey mum, ain't she the plum? My hockey mum, my hockey mum, forever young, my hockey mum. All right, we're joined here by Mike Kabayashi, uh, fantasy league legend, um, general hockey guru. Uh, Mike, how are you doing today? Welcome to the show. Oh, wow, what an intro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Right on. So um, let's just start off with <clears throat> the, the fantasy league talk here because um, our listeners, uh, you know, first of all, fantasy season is, is done and, you know, people got their playoff pools going and that kind of thing. So we'll get some tips and tricks because you are not only a commissioner of the league uh, that we're, that I'm in with you, but you're also the uh, two-time reigning champion. You're the Tampa Bay lightning of fantasy hockey. <laughs> well, I think I, I didn't win the finals in the first year. I got oh. first in the regular season, lost the finals and then, or got third. And then I got first this year. So Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. you didn't finish first in the league this year, but you, you right. went right through to the finals and won. Yeah. Right. Very good. Um, so let, tell us a little bit then about maybe let's just start off with kind of strategy of how do you do it? Because um, last year, like for a little bit of background, I did not great. Like I, you know, I've, I've, I ended up losing like 10 weeks in a row of our head to head <laughs> matchups. And then this year I was on it a lot more and I did pretty good. Um, and then we met in the playoffs and 
you won on a tiebreaker, tie highly controversial. Uh, and, <laughs> and then of course you went on to the final and, and won. But what's your strategy for A, let's start with the draft. How do you, how do you start when you're drafting? What's your strategy? Surround yourself with the inferior competition and <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> the Rock City Rough Rider told me just to go full heel mode here and just say, uh, you know, I'm better than everybody and just get yeah. away from your time crying. But uh, <laughs> no, I've I've had like mixed success. I I I run this league with us, and then I I'm in a friends league. I find the biggest thing that you got to be careful about is to really understand what the rules of your league are, because it seems like I've been in multiple and they're all tweaked in some sort of way. And I, in another league, I had, you know, Tom Wilson and uh, Todd Bertuzzi and, and Dylan Larkin, but you're, you totally get killed on plus minus and you don't get rewarded for penalty minutes. And, and some pools are, the opposite where plus minus isn't matter that much and, and, and penalty minutes are a good thing. So you really got to know before the season, like with ours, we have five goalie categories and seven offensive categories. So, you know, it's a, it's a head to head weekly matchup. So um, I always found that goaltending is important and Absolutely. I ended up, you know, with the fourth pick, I think that's a big, uh, you know, a lot of times I just kind of see how the draft is playing out and, yeah try to adjust my strategy as it goes because I happened to get the fourth pick and, you know, Vasilevsky was there. I, I, you know, was humming and hawing about an Ovechkin or a player that was still available that was going to be consistent, but it's hard to find consistent goaltending. And so getting, you know, Jack Campbell and Vasilevsky in our pool, it turned out to be, uh, you know, I got some guys who could just put average production together around it and mm. kind of base my team that way. And it, it worked for me but honestly you have to get so lucky like yeah. I've been in leagues where I thought I've had better teams and I thought you know this team can't lose and you end <laughs> up you know you all you need is a couple of bad weeks and you can end up losing or you know like with with ours it it became you know who had the better regular season record really and and we yeah. had I think I had one more point than you and yeah. that was what solved our tiebreaker so you got to get really lucky it, it does have to work out where your guys are rolling at the the right time um Plus this year there was COVID to sort of uh, yeah. players going on the IR for that. So then they'd be off your roster and yeah. yeah. So you, uh, do you get, uh, do you get to keep uh, players from year to year? We, we haven't done a keeper. This is actually only the second time we've run this league. So it's like we, you know, if we get a solid group in the next couple of years, I think one of these years we should talk about, let's turn it let's into that. Yeah. Taking some keepers, but uh, no, so far, uh, it, it, it's not, and it hasn't been. So I try to pick teams at the start of the year, like w before I do the draft of like, what do I think are the, you know, top five offenses. And I try to grab guys from those teams. It, I, I do think you kind of win or lose the draft in those later rounds though, of if you can pick up some guys who can give you production and I got production out of guys that I picked up off the waiver wire, like yeah. uh, Duchesne was not drafted. And, and that's yeah. the guy that. And he, he had a great 40. season. Yeah. 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 You might see yeah. you might see some some uh pool members mimic uh your strategy now. Like if you've won two in a row, <laughs> like the same way, like you know, how you see in the NHL where teams try and tried to build uh, you know a roster based around the LA Kings like in the two thousands yeah. and they're like you know, so you might see uh some copycats <laughs> out there. 
<laughs> well, and then I see, and then I get all the games because I'm the commissioner. They're like, let's change the rules. Let's add more offensive categories. I want to see kids. And oh, like, well, I, you know, that's going to change how people. Do I liked that. the I liked the goaltending. Uh, like uh, for me this year, the biggest difference between my season this year and last year was goaltending because I, I, I found last year I just didn't have you know the horses in net or whatever. So, um, I, I I drafted decently with goaltending. Um, but, uh, excuse me, um, that, you know, your strategy of Vasilevsky and Campbell, there's two teams that you just know Tampa's going to be good. Toronto's going to put up some wins. So, and those guys, you wanna, like you want to try to find one of those goalie situations where it's not a platoon. Like I find mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, you, you had a good thing going, um, with, you had, I think, Bobrovsky, right? And it's like... I did, yeah. He ended up really kind of having that job. But I, I was scared of drafting him because I thought Spencer Knight would have a bigger role this year, which, yeah. you know, I think came in every once in a while. So those are things that are just so hard to determine. And, like, well, you for know, sure. Washington, where they, I think, they split, like, Vanacek at 39 starts, Samsonov at 39 starts. So, like, you're getting a guy every other night. And it's like it's hard when you got those guys because they can't really get a good groove going when you yeah. got two goalies running like that. Yeah, for sure. You got to you gotta pick a starter. And I lucked out with Sorokin. I picked him. And at the start of yeah. the season, I, I kind of thought, and well, he'll probably those, play yeah. half the games. He ended up kind of taking the reins there. But yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's kind of a crapshoot for sure. But it all depends. It does on the draft. And I, I think yeah. so, like, if Randy was mentioning Keeper League, um, if you if you, like overall kind of keeper league versus you know uh, I don't know what the opposite of it is called like redraft. draft league or yeah. whatever yeah yeah um you know what do you think are the kind of pros and cons of each like do you do you like one over the other or I've actually I've never played in a keeper league I um, think that doing a, a keeper league you have to think a lot more when you're making decisions about uh, trades and and you know even just dropping a guy it's like mm. I I have no worries in in our league of dropping a guy but like you know I had Suzuki I had Caulfield and and I wouldn't drop those guys in keeper leagues probably because right. uh, you you can't necessarily just think about this year like if, if those guys are going to get consistent points the next couple of years you you probably want to hold on to them so you I want to ride it out a football one like that and it's tough you got to make some kind of hard decisions of like yeah. you really like this guy but like is he really worth your <laughs> spot and and there's always other guys out there so yeah. yeah those ones are a little tricky and the the old uh like the guy that you get and then you just like pick him up drop him pick him up drop him yeah. <laughs> well i was gonna ask that like revolving door as yeah. the commissioner like are there are there guys that are girls that are in your pool that are um pushing pushing the rules a little bit like you like i remember in a in a pool uh draft that we did a few years ago and you know it's one of one of those things that you don't kind of think about but it's like okay there's got to be a limit on waiver wire moves uh and then uh, you know this person will rename will remain nameless because i won't (laughs) (laughs) i won't uh, uh you know throw them under the bus but it's like well I'm just going to drop players and pick them up every week. If, if someone's not playing, I'll just, and then whatever. And it's like, so as the commissioner, what have you seen for, for folks maybe bending the rules? Have you seen anything like that? Well, we went from the first year, our waiver wire was um, kind of based on an order of one to 10 people that we had 10 teams. 
Um, now we have 12 teams and this year it was based off of a free agency pool where you had a hundred dollars and you could spend that hundred dollars on the waiver um, however you wanted to spend it but uh, it made it so that there was still a waiver order but it only came into play if if people bid the same amount I don't know I think what I found was that like you know some of the league like probably half the league didn't use their money at all and then weren't picking up guys and guys who were like me and, and some other guys who were more active, you know, probably had an advantage just because of that. Right. Where, mm. um, the other league I'm in, it like limits, you can only pick up or drop four players a week. I think ours was like seven. I think it was um, seven. Yeah. One, and, one per day, essentially. Yeah. And so other leagues where, you know, that's a little harder to do where you make a little more stuck to your team. Um, you know, I think there's benefits in that too. So I don't know. I'm trying to find uh, just to get like feedback from the other teams in the league to say like, you know, we can change the rules however we think is best here. But uh, usually it's not people trying to like skirt them. It's usually just discussions on like, hey, uh, you know, I just want to set it and forget it. And guys forgetting to set lineups and stuff. So yeah. it, it's tough because it, I get how like it, it's a commitment. It's like a, a time commitment that you got to schedule something into your already busy day to, yeah. you know, make sure your, your roster starting and then teams who change roster last minute doesn't help. So it's like, I, I get that. It's a lot of work. I, I'd kind of rather be that set it and forget it type of way too. So I, I think depending on the feedback we get, we might make some changes still. <laughs> I quite liked the waiver process this year. And I would, I would yeah. do like at the end of the night, kind of before I went to bed or just like while I was laying in bed, I'd, kind of look at my rosters, make a couple moves if I needed to. Yeah, and then, and then the, the toughest was goalies. If you got four goalies or whatever, how I think it was, you could have up to four or something like that, or five maybe, but like, you know, if you trying to figure out who's playing that night and, and the then site tell you one guy starting. And that guy yeah, exactly. You go to one site. that's like, this guy's for sure playing. And so that, that was always, there were a couple times for sure that I didn't write, you know, get the right goalie in or whatever, but um <clears throat> I think I, I think I liked the roster. I I didn't I didn't at first use the the money or whatever. Um, and then I was like, you know, I started putting a couple bucks here and there on guys where I thought, okay, I I, I really need this guy. And then I I had made a big splash the night Tuka reti- Tuka Rask retired. <laughs> I was like watching the you know Hockey Night Canada or whatever it was, and they announced it. They're like breaking news to Garask retiring. I immediately went on and put like, you know, I forget if it was $61 or like $43, whatever it was on Jeremy Swayman um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, picked him up. And yeah, I mean, it was it worth it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a couple of, uh, like, I remember uh, Eddie grabbed uh, Philip Forsberg and, and spent like $40 on it. But it, it, it ended up paying off. That guy was, you know, a, a big contributor. So it's, yeah, yeah it, it's kind of fun. It, it's really fun if you have like an active league, I think, where, where guys are, are, you know, into it. And we have quite a few who are pretty into it uh, and do a pretty good job. Like, you know, the team who finished first, like, uh, last year finished almost last this year. So we yeah. had quite a bit of, uh, you know, different teams uh, succeeding <laughs> and that kind of thing. So, you know, people figuring it out, figuring out some strategies. But I feel like it's, you know, there isn't much variance there. Like, I could have easily lost a few of those weeks and, and it would sure. work out totally differently. Yeah. There were some weeks that you, you, it's just like a matter of 
forgetting to start a guy one or guy. somebody's injured <laughs> or, or one wrong move yeah yeah one wrong move whatever yeah so the good yeah, thing about good hockey times. pools is how it <clears throat> forces you to um watch all the teams like you know say for instance if, if you're a jets I, I, fan I or whatever like yeah you yeah. have to pay attention to the whole league which is which is really cool and mm-hmm. just kind of <clears throat> further to that like we're seeing a, a pretty huge shift in in sports gambling and sports betting, obviously, especially this year and uh, in the playoffs. Hockey pools, I feel there's still like hockey pools are like more of like a true, I don't know. There's just something so classic about hockey pools. Like it's kind of like yeah. it's been around for years. It's like in a way it's betting, but it's not. It's like it mm. just kind of like it's like what you do with your buddies. You could just yeah. do it for quarters or you could do it for a case of beer or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. And they've been doing it for years too. Yeah. Like. Yeah. But what do you like? I'm going to, this is for both of you. Like, you know, watching hockey now, like, uh, like just seeing all the gambling stuff, like what, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Like it just, <laughs> to me, like I, I can't believe we're actually seeing like, it's like, everything's a freaking bet now, like on, yeah. on, on the game. Like I'll- <laughs> I uh, I saw it was the Beaverton, I think it was, you know, the sort of it's like the onion of Canada. And they had uh, <laughs> they had a post that was like uh, Sportsnet issues apology to viewers for showing hockey during their gambling commercials or something <laughs> like that, you know, and that's what it's become. It's uh, yeah. oh, it's it's a little bit maddening in my opinion. But, you know, yeah, it's really taken over like how people even are like consuming their sports right it's like i either have a bet on this or i'm checking in to see how my fantasy guy's doing like mm-hmm. you know i was as a montreal fan fairly disinterested in the season from a pretty early yeah. point <laughs> it was like well like, this is a wash <laughs> uh, like i was checking in a lot just for those reasons of like oh you know i had a, i got a future bet here like i don't do the game like daily game bets but before the season i'll I'll put a few bets on things I like, but I'm not like a, you know, either a prop or a, a daily better where it's like, I'm, I'm keeping track of that way. So the fantasy way was how I consumed. It was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to check to see how Hyman did in the late game in Edmonton kind of thing and, and keep track of games that I probably normally wouldn't, especially, you know, some teams of um, that aren't in a division I'm interested in and I don't see their games on TV a lot. It's like, I only mm-hmm some of these like San Jose <laughs> stats because I was checking yeah. in from that perspective. Right. So, you know, I, I get why the league is pushing it because it's good for the league. It, 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 it's an eye on the league. It's an eye on teams that you might not pay attention to otherwise. Right. So, um, you know, every year, like I, I have my guys who I'm like, Oh, I'm an Ajo fan now. Right. Like I'm <laughs> put up one every night. I'm like, I didn't even watch these guys games last year, but now I'm tuned in and I'm like, Oh, this guy puts up consistent points i kind of like this guy <laughs> like i you know uh, i think that's how you know the league's gonna kind of keep growing is is that kind of thing so yeah. it's probably not bad but yeah the the, the sports gambling ads are, are getting old real quick and they're not going to stop anytime soon yeah i know they got like every d-list celebrity in canada on well that's yeah. the worst part too it's like, <laughs> and, and people like say for instance if you watch the Sportsnet games they do that little segment with cabbie and that new guy and it's like yeah who's this guy like yeah and like you're telling people how to bet their money like i uh, so, just it's wild yeah. again like cabbie yeah. like he used to do all those funny stories where he was like whatever doing little spoofs and you know how does pierre, pierre luc dubois tie his shoes or whatever like just weird little kitschy stories yeah. and now it's like i don't know it's crazy like, now he's just talking they dedicate yeah. time before the game to t- tell people how to spend their money but yeah uh 
um, that being said, you said you're a, a Habs fan. So, you know, uh, you go from uh, being in the cup finals uh, to uh, um, first not overall cup, draft not cup finals, but uh, yeah, it's like you, so like from, you know, from the top of the mountain to the bottom. So as, as a Habs fan, like, you know, did you have to, um, you know, when, when was the moment where you're like, this needs to happen we need to kind of, uh, rebuild or whatever. And like, you know, cause us here in Winnipeg, you know, it's like, we're kind of like stuck halfway up the mountain when we don't know which way we're going, but at least you guys yeah. got the first round, first overall pick and uh, a lot of things going for you. So just as a yeah. Habs fan, like tell, tell, tell us about the season for you. Yeah, it is wild, right? Like, uh, you start as the uh, Stanley Cup finalist thinking, uh, you know, I understood we lost uh, Weber and and that, uh, you know, once it came out of, of what Price was going through, it's like, those are our, those are the two guys. Who yeah. <laughs> there and, and now we don't have those two guys. So, you know. They threw the whole team on the back last year in the playoffs. and. Yeah, yeah, it, it probably wasn't a bad time for, for it to happen for the organization of where they're at. Like, that run was a heck of a run, but even during that run, it felt like we were playing that counterattack, hold on to your shoes, and if you can hold on long enough, like, you're going to wear yeah. these down and you're going to squeak some in. It didn't feel even then like that was super sustainable. So it's like no. uh, the fact that, you know, we were able to do this where uh, you – dealt with some uh you know growing pains with Ducharme and then you brought St. Louis in and and he's gonna now kind of I believe I heard today they took the interim tag off him oh okay um, I don't know if that's uh official yet but I, I'd like that to be I I think that's a really good uh you know take the the same path Carolina took with bringing in a guy like Brenda Moore and bringing in a former player who can kind of build that culture you want and you know now we got a number one pick it's it's kind of unreal and and not only do they have the number one but they got like three first round picks and they got a hometown draft coming up so um it's really good i i think it's actually you know turned out well i really hope um what uh, the return for Lekkonen uh from that colorado d-man turns out to be kind of what people are hoping it is so yeah we had a few nice pieces in the cupboard it seems like and we got a goalie playing really well for his ahl team right now um, in primo so I'm hoping that there's some guys that can kind of come up in the pipe here and in the next couple of years um, be right back to kind of a good playoff team so that's what I'm hoping for I'm kind of pretty optimistic things uh, things could be worse <laughs> yeah for as bad as they were it's like they they at least have some optimism and some hope going on right now and uh, yeah like that Justin Barron guy that they got from yeah. Colorado he's um He's a Halifax guy, uh, played for the Mooseheads out there. And uh, in his sort of brief showing with the Habs at the end of the year before he got injured, he looked, I thought, pretty good. And he's a right-hand D-man. He's got some offensive abilities, and uh, those are highly coveted in the league, obviously. So kind of, like, nice to have in your pocket. And hopefully he kind of develops and turns out how you think he's going to. And um, as far as the draft goes, with the number one overall pick, is it a no-brainer that they're going to take uh, – Shane Wright or like maybe um, the Winnipeg Ice, the local WHL team here, they've got two guys projected to go in the top, you know, three or five or whatever it is. Um, do you think the Habs will go off the board at all or are they going to just go with Shane Wright? I don't want them to go too fancy with it. Like I, I think <laughs> you have the guy who uh, you think is best. And I, 
I think that's going to end up being Shane Wright. Like I, I do think they're going to obviously it's not, it's not super shut and closed. Like I, I, I still don't think uh, I want to see them overplay it too much and trade down or, or draft somebody else. Cause they don't think this is the guy. I mean, uh, I could see how he could fit in really good uh, Shane Wright uh, with Josh Anderson and, uh, you know, somebody else on the side there. So I, I yeah, I, I kind of like just, you know, let's take what we got here. We got the number one pick. Let's use it. Let's grab a guy we think is going to be worthy of that number one pick and, and uh, hopefully hit on the other picks too, right? Like I heard it's a pretty deep draft, people think. So, mm. uh, you know, I, I think we got to really build up with these guys and hope we hit, but let's not get too fancy with it. Either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Shane Wright's been considered the first overall pick for this year's draft for like two years in a row now. Like he's, right. he's, I think it's only since the past year that maybe there's a couple of players that have kind of closed the gap on him, but yeah, he's, he's like still two points in the O. Is he really that good? Is yeah. He's, the, he's still been kind of up near the top. Like, what do you, yeah. what are your thoughts um, uh, with Carey price is, is like, is he going to stick around through like a full on rebuild or like, has there been any talk on that? Or like, is he uh, looking, I guess it's a tough contract to move probably for Montreal, but. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's anybody who's um, necessarily going to be making a, a move for Price, but I mean, if, if whispers are that he's feeling good and wants to, then, you know, I just think there's so much uncertainty right now. I think a lot of people felt like after what he said on uh, his last regular season game this year, it almost felt like there's a lot of questions about like, you know, was this kind of a goodbye? Like, so I, mm. I think people are already kind of wondering if he's going to keep playing hockey or not and if he if he is then I don't think a lot of people can see him in a different jersey than a Montreal jersey so it's hard he's a you know a guy I wouldn't want to give up because he he could turn it on like he did last year like yeah yeah, literally a year away where he was carrying us to a Stanley Cup and you know I I, if he can get back going and and wants to get back going like he could be playing for for Canada and and for a, a contender so um with that I'm just kind of like we, we, we've gotten so much out of Carey Price he's been really great and I don't really if, if he asked for a trade and wanted to leave I'd be fine with it if he retired he'd be fine with it if he wants to keep playing you know just <laughs> yeah it'd be like balls in your court Carey what do you want it. to do yeah basically? exactly I just think he's earned it he can do whatever he wants they do have a couple guys I think that are going to be close to ready and uh you know eventually i think they they do have a couple guys they think are going to be the next guy so yeah uh, well like yeah primo they've been talking him up for a little while now and he he has had flat like in the nhl time he's got he's had some some flashes of solid play but i think he's still pretty young and goal goaltending is obviously a position where sometimes guys are you know a little older but, but when they kind of get their groove um so you know maybe he's maybe he's almost ready it's hard to say but i i think when you look at the canadians goaltending situation this past season of montembo and uh uh jake allen um you know allen was hurt a bunch um uh, and it just that you know like there were a lot of reasons that the canadians weren't necessarily very good this year but goaltending kind of did them in um, which isn't even really a knock on either of those two guys because they actually played okay. Like Montembeau played, you know, half decently. Um, but yeah, it's definitely like that team, the Montreal Canadiens, it's like carry price or bust, you know? So yeah. it's like, yeah, they got to retool that D like, you know, they had to, 
uh, shipped a couple guys and, and now what they have left is pretty thin. Like, uh, you know, I don't know how much you got left in Petri and guys like that. So they really mm. do. Uh, they, they might have a little more, you know, building to do, I think. So yeah. next few years might still be, you know, Bedard might still be in the picture for the next draft. We'll see. <laughs> well, I, uh, <clears throat> after following the penguins pretty closely for a while, like, uh, there's been, you know, uh, talk that Latang might want to go to Montreal for the past, for the last few couple of years of his career. Like, right. Cause he, they got a bit all, of a cap crunch going there. He Pittsburgh. wants to cash in. He wants to get like, I don't think he's too interested in taking a, a hometown discount for Pittsburgh, but, um, you know, it, it could be the, t- the place where, you know, Montreal offers him the nine or 10 or whatever that he wants. And he's kind of like the, uh, you know, the vet for the, for the young, yeah. for the young guys. And that, you know, that'd be a, obviously a great spot for him. Yeah. Um, have you been watching much of the playoffs uh, uh, this season here? And what, what, what's, what do you, yeah. What it's do you, uh, I mean, another, uh, you know, two playoff pools, that kind of, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I find what I've, my strategy for playoffs are like totally different than my regular season one yeah. where, uh, I, I try to playoffs just before the draft pick who my final four is. Like now that they have the bracket, the way they have it, I feel like it's a bit, it's still hard to pick, but if you can nail that final four. So um, yeah, this year, my thoughts were um, Tampa and the Rangers out of the East and Colorado and Calgary out of the West. So, mm. you know, I ended up seeing where the drafts go and, and the one draft I was like, last pick out of 12 or 13 guys. So it was like, uh, I ended up going a lot of Calgary and New York. And then the other draft was one where it's like pick box of guys and, and you right. kind of get to pick from the whole league, but there's like different boxes of players you pick. So pretty much in that one, I picked all Colorado and Tampa. So that one's going well. The, uh, the one where I got Rangers and flames, I'm looking a little uh, after tonight's game. <laughs> Uh, yeah new york yeah it seems like the home team is winning that new york carolina series um carolina's won all their home games this playoffs and i don't think they've won on the road yet like uh it, it seems like the matchups are deal in in that series and and when Brindamore has the matchups on his side like it, it just seems like a different story so they play such a suffocating game i honestly i watched uh i didn't see the game today but I, which was what game three, right? Uh, so I watched game two and I was honestly like, I was like, it's kind of boring. Like I'm not super into this. So the Carolina just kind of suffocates and you know, they're, it's a great way to win hockey games, but it's not the most exciting for sure. Um, but New York, they just, they got to figure out how to beat <clears throat> Ranta. And I guess today they did um, today being Sunday that we're recording this airs tomorrow on Monday, but uh yeah, it's um, it's been interesting. I thought that Pittsburgh New York series was a really good one, yeah. um, and there was you know there was a lot of offense in that or a fair amount, and uh, and then New York is goes uh, against Carolina and it's it's all dried up. So, um, but that's the playoffs, I guess, right? So, this um, well, we can make it official now. Here Sunday night, the Oilers have defeated Calgary four to one, so they take a two one series lead there. Four points for McDavid. And yeah, McDavid dry saddle four points. So here's a fun stat. Uh, McDavid now, so he just added to his point totals. So he's got what 24 points or something like that. Yeah. Um, in 10 games, 
It's the most since Lemieux had in 1992, which is the year he took them to the final and won the cup against, was that Chicago or Minnesota in 92? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, McDavid's currently, mo- and, and, and the, the, the fun fact was that McDavid now has more points, or at least as many points, as Crosby had the year Crosby won the Conn Smythe in 2016. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I saw that post on the internet and was like, I kind of like looked at the comments and everybody's like, I don't know, you got to win the cup and all this stuff. Um, obviously, right. But like, you know, and then like, I think with Crosby though, it's just, he does so much more. Like he was, you know, yeah, he had 24 points in 20 games, whatever, whatever numbers it was. Don't fact check me. But like, he's out there against the other team's top lines. He's shutting them. Like he's their shutdown guy as well as their best offensive guy. Um, but McDavid's taking it to another level. There's no doubt about it. So um, yeah, I don't know. Playoffs have been fun. It's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. The, the goal scoring, like just in the regular season this year too, is uh, really made it where you watch some of these games that are like three goal, two goal leads. And they just seem like thin where if that mm. team scores the next one, like, these teams can score in bunches and like the amount of, you know, offensive chances that are happening in some of these games, like that yeah. Colorado St. Louis, like Colorado's just constantly getting scoring chances where, you know, they, they scored four, but they could have scored 14 if, if it wasn't for a capable goalie in there, like they're constantly. Uh, so yeah, it's been good hockey. It, it has been like, I saw that, uh, like Kucherov led the league in playoff points last year with 32 and McDavid's going to be there by the end of the series. <laughs> yeah. I, think- I would love to see some like international play. And I feel like we always kind of have been robbed with this era, this generation of McDavid and these guys that like, yeah. we been able to see them all get together. Like, uh, you know, with, with a guy like, you know, a price or, you know, a superstar goalie with these guys. It's like, it wouldn't even be fair. (laughs) Even McDavid and McKinnon on the same line. Like that's something that I would want to see, you know, like, like, you know, we're so close. It's like, it's incredible. The lineups you throw out there. Yeah. Yeah, Like Crosby's your fourth line center or something. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No. And like what Tampa's doing is absolutely incredible. Like if they, if they make it to it, like, I don't know. I didn't think, especially with NHL, like dynasties aren't really, you know, I I didn't think it was going to be a thing in this Mm. generation because it was like, you know, the LA Kings could win from the eighth seed. You had this parody where like a a team like St. Louis can win. I I just felt like it'd be so hard for a team to really have a dynasty, but these guys have uh, put together like the way they've restocked the cabinet there and brought Mm. Ross Colton. It's like you lose Coleman and you somehow just keep, filling up the the stash <laughs> it's like yeah well and that move to get um uh, Hagel. Hagel that was kind of a shrewd move I think a lot of people yeah. thought off the hop that was a steep price to pay to get him but yeah. he's on an ELC yeah, or something yeah. like that for another couple years and yeah. he's looks like a pretty darn good player and then uh picking up Nick Paul was the real yeah. I think that like that's, Paul that's is, the third line right now yeah like Those he's so guys. good right now and like um uh, I was looking into it a little bit and it looks like kind of like Tampa's got some contracts coming off the books, like Palat and stuff that money could go right to Nick Paul. And he's a, he's a lightning for however long they sign him. So 
yeah, it's like Tampa just keeps going. And I mean, you got a guy like Vasilevsky in net and uh, Kucherov and, and Hedman and they're, they're just stacked and it's um, they're making the Panthers look kind of silly. And um, I mean, except for game two, which the Panthers were very much in and they played a great game. And then they thought it was going to overtime. It's tied one, one, and they think it's going to overtime. They kind of started coasting with five seconds left and Kucherov with the insane, no look backhand pass to Colton who roof daddies it and it's game over, you know, three seconds left. That is a heartbreaker. Yeah. Um, I, uh, <laughs> man. Yeah. Like that pass was just. It seemed like all year Florida was kind of playing with fire. Like even in their regular season games, like they were coming back from down six, three and like, yeah. they, they were winning so many games, but it just seemed like, how do you guys do it? Like, I, you know, like it, it was these wild, like, bad starts that they would get off to and mm. uh, you know i i thought even washington was gonna make them kind of oh it was close them. it could it yeah. could have easily easily gone the other way there's also like the the president's trophy curse you know like sometimes it's yeah. not worth uh, getting yeah. first overall in the league when when was the last time a president's trophy winner won the cup i i i, I don't know probably never but Maybe. No, definitely at some point they must have, right? Like I but... don't know. Yeah, like it just seems like if you think back to like the 2000s, like when San Jose would always be first overall and they could mm. never do it. And that's just, yeah, it just just seems like everyone's gunning for you. Like you're, yeah. you're number one. And also like, you know, the season, the series isn't over yet. And it's three nothing and they, they play a back-to-back. They play game four tomorrow. So Florida right. could ultimately be done tomorrow. But in Tampa's case, they they know what it takes to win they clearly like sam coast been there they've... he he does it he does it all like the, the whole roster does they're doing it right right now without braden points too and it yeah. looks like uh maybe tampa's hardest series was uh first round and now they're gonna just maybe coast into the Cup finals <laughs> you know like it's hard to say well i but... think whoever comes out of new york and uh, carolina will will give if tampa does move on they'll give them a run for their money but uh yeah it's hard to it's hard to go against picking tampa to go to the final and possibly you know take uh take the third cup in a row but um you know i i think i think it'll be you know like for florida right now it's a back-to-back right so you're often in the regular season you you don't ever really start the same goalie in a back-to-back um but with florida's season on the line do they go with Bobrovsky again or do they put Knight in? Because Bobrovsky wasn't very good today, you know? Um, so it's, that's a tough call for them. I think they got to go Bobrovsky. He's your guy, but you know, if you're playing the numbers on a back to back historically and statistically, uh, you know, you don't really have great success of playing the same goalie, uh, yeah. but it, to be fair, Bobrovsky though he saved thirty-one of thirty-four today with a mm. nine-twelve save percentage. Like, okay, sorry, I was I thought it was five-one or something. Like I said, I didn't see the game. I was just I looked at the score line and was like, well, empty well yeah, it was five-one. That doesn't make sense. Oh, a couple empty netters. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Two. All right. Well, goalie Bob. All right. Uh, my yeah. my apologies, Bobrovsky. You're back on the but case. That that being said, Vasilevsky nine seventy-one save percentage and. Yeah. 
you know, and that's why uh, Mike wins hockey pools, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, last thing, Mike, um, and then we'll get, we'll get you to throw your, to the song, your song request, but um, are you still leaning towards those teams that you kind of picked off of for, for your playoff pool? Who do you think is going to be in the finals and who do you think is going to hoist uh, Lord Stanley? Yeah, I think even though I'd probably uh, do better monetarily if uh, it was a Rangers Flames <laughs> Cup, I don't think it's happening. I think I got, uh, you know, I think it's, I think Avalanche have had those growing pains as long as they can kind of, I don't know, it, it's tough when they lost to D-Man, but I think they do have a good depth where I don't think that Gerard being out kills it for them. I think like if a guy like Kadri gets suspended again, that could break them right so they have to that's what's killed them in the past but I, I do think Colorado is it's probably their time and they should they should try to take it from Tampa in the finals I think that's what it's going to come down to and I think that would be a fantastic finals that you'd see uh you know I, I hopefully like point is healthy uh there's just some unreal talent and and speed that those two teams would be having and uh I think that would be a tough one because um you know, Kumper would really have to outperform a guy yeah. like Vasquez who's been there and done that. So you're going to have to steal the, the title from these guys if, if they get there. So I'd love to see that. I kind of think that's where we're where we're going at this point. But I, I, I wouldn't be mad at somebody saying that, uh, you know, Carolina or uh, Edmonton have a chance to get in there too. Mm. Yeah, it's um, Kemper to me is kind of the abs weak spot. But that said, he's yeah. played very well and yeah. he is a good goalie. So it's... Um, it's not like uh, it, it's not unfathomable to think that you know um, he does sort of the job and uh, you, you know carries like like I think the Avs are just so deep at all their positions that and they play such a up tempo game um, you know Kemper just kind of has to hold the fort and um, if he can do that then there's a chance for sure but yeah like that, that would be a great final so. So, um, so Tom, do you have any formal congratulations that you have to present Mike with like, like, are you the keeper of the cup and you have to do that or, or, or does he just get his song, just, song request and let me get my white gloves on here and uh, present the uh, cup? No, I, uh, you know what though? I do owe you um, a shotgun of beer, uh, <laughs> which I've not uh, performed yet. So uh, that's coming. We'll wait till the, Till the wife gets home and I'm not on uh, single dad <laughs> duty here, but uh, um, yeah, that'll, that'll be coming. I was uh, neglectful in that for sure, but let's just get a song request and this will be your championship sort of um, your parade, you know, oh, theme yeah. song for your parade. Oh, nice. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take a victory to uh, yeah. some, uh, give me some two unlimited crew, no limits. Beautiful. Great on Mike. Thanks so much for joining us. It was, uh, it was great talking some hockey with you and uh, some fantasy uh, tips and tricks. And yeah, watch out for the cat copycats of the league next year. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cheers. Thanks, for me, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Mike.
Take no when I am proud. 